It is step eight out of eight, finally. <laughs> I am really, really so happy for this. And for you, my dear friend, that you've been listening in from the very first one, I cannot forget to mention how you have showed uh, not just interest for yourself, for your own personal growth, but you've kept on and uh, shared this with others. Probably some of you have been questioning me, how do I download it in an audio format and keep it on my phone then be able to send to those people who cannot you know, have the pod being up on their phones. I'm really so grateful whenever I get such you know, inquiries of someone showing they are interested in not just growing or learning uh, for themselves but for their friends too. That is very good. That is very, very, very good and encouraging. And it makes me believe now we are becoming the Christians that God wants us to become. We are no longer centered about self. We are doing the mission he sent us to do, which is reaching out to another person. And actually, that is our final step today. Yes, it is. And as we dive into this, I want you to have this kind of mindset that walking all these steps from step one to step seven, you get to step eight and this is the culmination of all this. You are now going to do what Christ expects of you as now a believer, someone that has moved a mile, someone that has seen this, that has learned. And now you're going to be exercising all this to the world, to the people outside the church. Now, I hope you've been hearing that song playing in the background. Allow me play for us this song. The title is Tell Somebody by Danny Goke featuring Mandisa. Now, Danny Goke is my favorite gospel artist. If you get your time, kindly look him up on YouTube or Audio Math. Those of us who prefer the audio versions of music, listen to his songs. He has some good albums. He has nice, nice music. I'm talking about songs you listen to and feel like you are inspired to really love God more. You've learned something about God. This song itself is in a form of a story. It's trying to make you create a mental picture in your mind. Let me play it and along the way we will continue.
The message is clear enough for us to understand. Tell somebody about Jesus. Let's listen. As Danny Boke is singing this song, the words from the beginning are, Dear church, did you see me? I was the sinner you walked by on the streets. Dear church, you had something so beautiful, something that I needed. Now, as you imagine this, it is the final day and finally we are going to heaven. You're lining up on the right hand side, walking to heaven and on the left hand side i'm not saying this is like how it's going to happen but i want you to just imagine it get the message deeply you're going to heaven and then you look on your left and someone looks at you and says i used to see you every sunday you were going to church i used to hang out with you we were friends we started from the same school we've shared a class we used to hang out together. We were friends. Why did you never share that message with me? I might not really understand how that makes you feel, but I, for one, I'll tell you, I would feel so, so ashamed of myself and guilty that a soul is perishing. Someone is ending up in a place of agony not because they never had the gospel, but because I actually never shared it. At Bible College, one of my favorite lecturers used to give this analogy and say, if the apostles, Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul, were present in this modern century and era, they would be so, so much disappointed in the Christians. Because now more than before, we have many channels of spreading the gospel. People used to write the message on scrolls and had to travel through the hardest of situations to go and preach it. They were even killed. They were hunted for it. They were imprisoned. And in the next, the next generations that came by, Christians would be impaled. People were burnt for their faith. Currently, no one is ever punished for not being a for spreading the gospel. No one is being punished for their faith. But they yet we decide to sit. So imagine this happened. This song goes on in the other verse where the artist says, if the world was dying and you had a cure, brother, would you help? Sister, would you help? Now, we're not so foreign to this kind of uh, imagination. We just came from the COVID-19 pandemic, especially here in my country, Uganda. But imagine if during that time when everyone was confused, everyone was worried, what is happening tomorrow? Am I going to die? Am I going to get COVID-19 and die like the people I see on the news? And at that very moment, imagine if you found the cure or if you were told you are immune and your blood probably heals people. 
wouldn't you be excited to really go out and share that and heal the world? Now, I don't want to tell you your blood uh, is you know, kind of special and you're immune. No, you're not. If COVID ever comes back, please wear your mask. Don't try to test. But you have a knowledge. You have a relationship with Christ that someone out there needs to be assured of their eternal life once they die. It is so unfortunate that we slouch and do not pick interest in doing this. And yet it is the final step. It is what even shows you doing what God wants. Because if our goal is to grow in our relationship with Christ, that means at the end we want to be like Him. And who is He like? He is love. He loves all people, all the world. And we cannot do anything less of that. As a believer, you're not just called to uh, be a Christian and settle and sit and say, I am going to heaven, ticket confirmed, I have everything, waiting just for the final day. No, not that way. You become a Christian, you become godly when you do what God wants. There's a distinction though. Our very immediate, our previous episode was talking about brotherly affection of Philadelphia. And I said, when the Bible talks of brothers or brotherly love, it's not talking about love for you, uh, brother, biological brother or your bro no but brotherhood in the in the essence of uh, the biblical meaning is talking about someone in the christian faith someone that belongs to the church a fellow brother now let's not make this mistake and think probably the bible only acknowledges men or the male christians as part of the church no it does acknowledge the females too only that it is mainly talked about in the sense of brothers in the faith brothers in the faith is because uh, for an explanation probably the early christians the culture they lived in especially the jewish people it was more of a patriarchal society it was more of males dominating so mainly it was all about men being mentioned but then Christ comes in picture and we're all his children. We're all in the church. So this is a form of writing, but Christ isn't trying to imply he only recognizes the guys. Okay? So my dear sisters listening in, please don't get armed to fight. You are catered for as well. <laughs> now, brotherly affection is about, you know, when you love a fellow brother, in the church when you show that love when you serve you give out all that god has blessed you with to serve the church to serve and build a brother in christ our very final step along the path is unselfish love the love that goes beyond self 
when you choose to not just be content with what you as a person have found and discovered in Christ, but you step out of that happiness and excitement to go and give it out to someone. Just like how it would be if you were told you're immune, you cannot be affected by the、uh, virus. But because you're so happy, you realize you have the cure, you go out and serve it without being selfish. It is what the Apostle, Paul, Apostle Peter sorry, is trying to tell us here in our final step brotherly affection. Step seven, and unselfish love now is step eight. Now, selfish love goes beyond. Of course, the church is where Christ's love that is developing in us overflows naturally into the rest of the world. Christ, in his mission when he was on earth, he didn't just come and say, I'm looking for the people that are always going to agree with me, that are always going to be my friends, that are going to understand everything I say. No. He came out to the whole world. If you refer to the most known and crammed verse in the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16, it doesn't say, For God so loved the Christians, for God so loved the believers. No, for God so loved the world. The world. That He gave His only begotten Son. And that whoever believes in him, let's mark those two words. He loved the world so that whoever believes in him, those two words in that verse need to make us understand that Christ never came for only those we look at and say they have it all figured out. And it doesn't say that when you get to understand the message, when you develop your relationship with Christ, oh, Claps for you, you're done, you can settle. No. You do what Christ did. He was comfortable, He was all set. He didn't have to do anything to prove anything to anyone. He was good. But then He chose to be unselfish, He chose to be selfless, left His abode, came down here on earth to extend that love. Developing a personal relationship with Christ has that end goal of becoming like Him. We cannot become like Him unless we do what He does. A reference from the very author of this book we are sourcing、uh, the, the verse from, or the guiding scripture, Peter the Apostle, in 1 Peter still, chapter 3, verse 15 says, But set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts. And always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you about the hope you possess. Now, as the people see you,、uh, your life, as you walk the path, they're going to be seeing you. The satisfaction of life well done, well, they'll ask about it. They'll look at you and say, hey, you're becoming a changed person. What has happened? In the past you know, weeks or something, people are going to be asking if you've been following here, and they'll be seeing your life probably a little different, but in a good way. Peter the Apostle never tells us to go out and argue and debate and you know, 
show people how good we know the scripture with the non-believers no he tells us to be willing to defend our faith to share our faith if you have something good you will be ignited to tell someone nobody has something precious and keeps quiet and says no i'll sit with it maybe you might not tell people because you fear they might come and steal it but hey this is the gospel that saves you shouldn't sit with it now how can you make sure you're living a life that someone else is going to look at and be inspired and feel like i need to know what this person you know is all about what is firing them up of course number one is the love for a fellow christian when you devote yourself to minister to serve and to build a fellow believer someone in the church people out there are going to be noticing in fact christ himself says this in uh, john chapter 13 verse 35 he says everyone will know by this that you are my disciples if you have love for one another why would people assume you are a disciple or a believer in Christ by loving one another because that is what Christ does how do we know that this person is a son to this guy seated over there it's because they resemble not because they are wearing a big shirt that has i am his son he is my son i am his son he is my father nope but it is because there is a resemblance there is some likeness when you look at this guy and the boy seated over there you could easily you know say these two are related when people who are not christians look at you do they see christ that's a question for us number 2 it's our goodness toward fellow men even those who may disagree especially those who disagree how you stay calm and loving and passionate towards people outside the church speaks volumes about who you are and does pull people towards what you stand for as a person and in galatians 6:10 apostle paul wrote so then whenever we have an opportunity let us do good to all people and especially to those who belong to the family of the faith do good to people it doesn't cost anything for you to act good before someone else god is good towards all people and because he's developing his character in us his goodness should only flow through us as well that is how we show a work well done by god in our lives and number 3 and lastly kindness that causes them to rethink their status with God. Let us show the people outside the church that kind, you know, heart. And probably they'll be inspired and think, "Oh my god, where do they get that kind of heart? Why are they so caring and loving?" And that is when they will be inspired to understand the faith you subscribe to. A quotation from a book the very book I'm sourcing alongside the Bible by James MacDonald 
James MacDonald is the one I'm quoting here, not the author of the book. He says, if we are not more loving people because of what Christ has done in our lives, something is really wrong. Meaning, the sole and ultimate reason we should be more loving is because of what Christ has done in us. Because someone came and planted a seed for a mango and saw a mango tree sprouts. That is how it should be. If we say we believe in Christ, then as we grow, as we walk this path, as we grow in a relationship with Christ, let us show Christ. We no longer subscribe to what we used to do, but what we are now, after learning, after understanding, after walking the path, and finally making it to step eight. Now let the people outside there look at us and know there is a difference. Now, my dear friends, as we conclude, I want us to rethink the first scenario I shared from the very song. Would you really feel happy if your friend, the people you hang out with today, the people you chat with, if you had a cure to something they are suffering from, would you be glad if they died while you refuse to give them that cure? Would you really be proud of yourself on that final day when you're making it to heaven and they're being pushed to hell? Not because they listened to the gospel and never believed, no? But because every day you were around them, you would not share. Probably you felt so ashamed to share the gospel. And like I said, I may not know how that makes you feel, but it makes me feel guilty and disappointed in myself. That is why I find it so fulfilling to share, to spare a time and read and understand because I want to talk to someone out there and help them understand what I know. We've all been in relationships and probably we are in relationships. But if you're in a relationship with someone and you don't feel like you really want to rub it in other people's faces, then trust me, maybe that's not a relationship you're interested in. But I'll tell you, for the number of friends I've had over time, when they get into a relationship and they feel like it is the best, they want to make sure you see all the pictures, they show you whenever they go out on dates, and even if it's a proposal or wedding, they make sure the world gets to know why. Because they are so happy, they feel like everybody needs this kind of treatment, but they are the lucky ones to have it. So. There you go. I am happy. Watch me. Let that be the same case with us believers. You've heard the gospel. You've listened right from our very first episode. You've been learning. You've asked the questions. You've learned something. You have no excuse other than sharing the gospel now. 
like we've always been doing. Keep on, keep on doing it. I'm so happy whenever I get a new message from someone who says, Hey, my name is so-and-so. I got your number from a friend who listened to your podcast. And now, after listening, I really feel like I need to understand this. And I also feel so encouraged. When you people listen and say, I didn't understand this, then come direct to me through my social media handles and ask those questions. When you refer someone and you don't feel bold enough to share the gospel, you refer him to me and I speak to them. Or you preach the gospel to someone, you are leaving out your faith. You're showing it out and that means you are proud of it. It doesn't just stop with faith, but to your faith. It's not just your faith, but to your faith add excellence. And not just excellence, to excellence add knowledge. To your knowledge add self-control. To self-control add perseverance. To perseverance add godliness. To godliness add brotherly affection. And to brotherly affection add unselfish love. That is how we walk the path. And that is how, my dear friends, we develop our growing relationship with Christ. Thank you so much once again and congratulations for finally wrapping it up with me on step number eight. Let's keep tuned in, let's keep in touch and see what we have next. God bless you. I love you so much.